Welcome to That Nam's Podcast, a podcast produced by the New Anglican Missionary Society for those that have a heart for or are interested in church planning, discipleship, and world missions. On this episode, Servant General John Schuler continues to draw our focus to the clarity Scripture gives us about what Jesus means by disciple. Today, he looks at the toughest three of the nine verses where Jesus speaks on one being his disciple. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to That Nam's Podcast. My name is John Schuler. I'm glad to have you here for podcast number 13. I left you last week um, and um, by saying the biggest challenge before us, in my judgment, for the church in this generation, and I, I mean by that the believing community of Christ's people anywhere in the world. I don't just mean the USA. I don't just mean North America. I mean, in my experience, the biggest challenge for the church in the whole world is to understand discipleship as Jesus understood it and as Jesus spoke it and lived it and modeled it. Until the church is able to clarify the meaning of the word disciple as Jesus used it in the contemporary church, uh, as long as that is delayed, the, the, the work of the church is going to suffer and, and in some places suffer grievously. So defining a disciple as Jesus does, as we talked about in the last podcast, is absolutely crucial. Jesus gives clear definition, clear instruction, clear meaning to his use of the word. Now remember, a person could be a disciple of John the Baptist. A person could be the disciple of any of probably hundreds, if maybe not thousands, of rabbis in Jesus' day. So it behooves us if we are men and, and people of faith, that we say, what did Jesus mean when he said, my disciple? Well, I want to take you back to verses that you know well. And I, I pray that by the Spirit of God, you will not be ashamed of the word of God. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19 shows us and tells us of Jesus calling his first disciples and asking them to follow him and telling them that he was going to make them fishers of men. That's Matthew chapter 4, 19. In Matthew 28, 19, Jesus gives his final command to his disciples. And he tells them now, you are to go and make disciples of all people, baptizing them, teaching them. Now, until we are clear what exactly the Lord Jesus is giving commandment to, we will, perhaps without knowing it, break his commandments. We will not be teaching what he taught. Learning what he said is a beginning. Learning what he said takes us back to the nine verses in the New Testament where Jesus, with his own words, 
clarifies what he means by a disciple. Now, as, it's, as an aside, I want to commend to you the reality that this is illuminated in the Word of God from beginning to end. This is not something that is just illuminated by the New Testament, nor even just by the words of Jesus. But woe unto us if we who call ourselves Christians don't key all our behavior and all our understanding um, off of what Jesus clearly explicitly taught. And he teaches that his disciples will gather with him in the upper room to celebrate the final Passover, the Passover that we've come to know as the Lord's Supper. That will be his final time with the disciples in table fellowship at a Passover meal. And he says his disciples, he must meet with them. He must meet with them. Now, I take this to be the root of the almost immediate experience of the early church, that when they gathered to do as Jesus had commanded them to do on the Lord's day, and they broke bread and took the cup, that they experienced that by the Spirit of God, Jesus was with them, and that that is why from the beginning of the church's existence, when she meets for worship on Sunday, she breaks the bread and shares the cup. Because it is the gathering point for Jesus to meet with his disciples. The other six places, three are in Luke, three are in John. I'm going to go first to John. We've been here before dear friends, but these are the words of Jesus. We are not just to hear these words. We are not just to mark these words. We are not just to learn these words. We are to inwardly digest these words. And if we inwardly digest these words, we begin to live them. Jesus says that if we abide in his word, we are truly his disciples. In John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. To abide in the word of Jesus does not mean I've ticked off my morning Bible time. I've read a daily devotional. I've on the fly uh, written a sermon. To abide in the word of Jesus means it has taken hold of my life. I have inwardly digested his word and is bearing fruit. I am not abiding in the word of God when I ignore it, when I skip over it, when I read it casually when I treat it as a devotional task that must be done, I'm abiding in the word of Jesus when what he has taught has become part of me. And it is guiding me. It is correcting me. It is directing me. It seems to me impossible 
that we can honestly say we are abiding in the word of Jesus unless almost every day, if not every day, almost every day, we are giving some of the very best quality time of our lives day by day to meet with the Lord with the scriptures open before us with a prayerful heart and an open heart and an open mind. This is not sermon prep. This is not classroom preparation. This is love abiding with Jesus. He teaches clearly that if we are not abiding in his word and we persist in not abiding in his word, we will be cut off and thrown in the fire. The branch has no life if it does not abide in the vine. Abiding in the word of Jesus day by day means, according to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we are truly his disciples. If that's not how we're living, dare we contemplate what he might be saying about us? The second place in John's Gospel is in the 13th chapter and a very well-known two verses, 13, 34, and 35. And again, I say to you, hear these words. These are spoken to the disciples at the Last Supper, on the last night. How those who call themselves disciples of Jesus relate to one another shows the world if they are truly his. Loving one another as I have loved you is a word to disciples. When a Christian husband and a Christian wife are not loving as Jesus loved, dare we consider what he thinks of their discipleship? When members of the same congregation cannot get along, cannot be near one another, do not want to meet, do not want to speak, do not want to sit in the same place or the same time or the same service, the words of Jesus should be ringing in our hearts and our consciences. If you love one another as I have loved you, all men will know you are mine. If one local congregation treats another local congregation, even if it is the same denomination, let alone men and women belonging to another denomination of Christian people, if we don't treat them in the way that Jesus loves us, Jesus is telling us we are not showing ourselves to be his disciples. Instead of all men seeing that we belong to Jesus, all men are deciding that the church has nothing to teach them because our own sins and our own behaviors are just as bad as everyone else's. And the third time in John is chapter 15, chapter 15, verses 7 and 8, where Jesus explicitly teaches that is the sign that we are proven to be his disciples, that other men and women are becoming disciples because of us. We are cooperating with the Spirit of God in other people becoming disciples. And if they have become disciples of Jesus, they are learning to make disciples of Jesus, 
Fruitfulness means I have participated with the Spirit of God in making one more disciple who himself or herself is now helping to make another disciple. This is what I call the cycle of discipleship. We first hear about Jesus. We first begin to want to know about Jesus. We first begin to hear the gospel. We come to faith. At that point, there's a lot more to learn and a lot more to do. But until that comes, we are only partially on the road, but we are on the road. If we are following after to learn what he is saying, to learn what he is speaking and doing, if we're in the company of other believers, we're on that road. But until we're converted, we're not going to become anything like all that we should. But the work is not done. Those are only, as I like to say, the first three steps of a seven-step cycle of discipleship. Luke chapter 14, verses 26, 27, and 33 are the other three verses that Jesus speaks of his disciples in clarity. And he tells us that if we put anything else before Jesus, we cannot be his disciples. Let's come back to those three verses, and let's come back to what I call the cycle of discipleship when we gather next week. May God bless you. I would invite you again to let others know if this podcast is helpful. And I'll hope to see you again next week. Uh, God bless you. If you enjoyed this week's episode of That Nam's Podcast, please rate, comment, and subscribe on whichever podcast platform you're using. Also, If you would like to get in touch with us or want to learn more about NAMS and our mission, please visit us on our website at namsnetwork.com. Thanks for joining us, and God bless.